We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. All right, that's where we're headed the next couple of weeks is we're going to talk about what it means to believe. Our anchor verse is found in John 11, verse 40, which says, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm in pursuit of. I want to see His glory. I want to see His works. I want to see His, His, His hand of grace and mercy moving in this world. I want to see the power of God, amen, released on this earth. How about you? If that's what you want to see, say praise the Lord, amen, or you can give Him praise on your, with your hands, either way, amen. It is Christmas time, if you have not noticed or, or paid attention, it's been Christmas time at Walmart since last June, so anyhow, but it is Christmas time, and it is that time of year when uh, we, we begin to get ready, we celebrate the holidays really uh, intensely, we decorate, some of us, and some of us, you know, we go all Griswold on the house, and some of us, you know, we go Scrooge on the house, I don't know. Um, but we decorate, we, we spend time with family, friends, we go to church, we, we uh, participate in a lot of things. And uh, I like Christmas uh, because Christmas signifies, of course, the birth of Jesus. That's when we chose to celebrate it. The, you know, uh, most argue it happened back in the summer months, the actual birth. But we chose December um, and uh, we celebrate Christmas in that month. And I like the reason of it, that we're celebrating the birth, the event of Jesus coming to this earth, made flesh, so that he might die on a cross. You can't preach Christmas without preaching Easter, and you can't preach Easter without preaching Christmas. They're connected. The whole story is. And I'm thankful for all of that. But I'm also thankful because around here in our forever family, uh, Christmas marks uh, the countdown to our 21 days of consecration, and that is coming up starting January the 1st. And we will be having our days of concentration from January the twenty the first to the twenty first, and that will end, begin on a Sunday and end on a Saturday evening with our communion time uh, here at the church. And uh, during the twenty one days, if you're new to our church, we set aside twenty one days for fasting and prayer about direction for our church, and we are offering up to God the first fruits of the year. We're saying, God, we don't want to go a step into this year without you. We don't want to go a moment into this year without your, your blessing is on our church and on our forever family and on our families. And so uh, if you've got questions about the 21 days of consecration, come talk to me. Come talk to one of our pastoral staff. We'd love to help guide you through this. I will say if you've never done this before, it would be good to, to seek some advice um, and to help you on your journey because uh, it can be difficult if you've never done anything like that. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of people say, you don't drink food or, or, or eat food or drink uh, anything for 21 days. Well, if you want to die, you don't do that. Um, but, you know, uh, as far as the drinking part goes, um, you can go without food a lot longer than you think. Um, but drinking is something that's necessary for the body to function correctly. But anyhow, um, we'd like to talk to you about that and you participate in that. Uh, also, I'd like to say during the uh, 21 days of consecration, we will be doing away with the early service and shifting back to a 1030 start. So that's 30 minutes early for you guys, and that is uh, an hour and a half uh, later for the early service. So uh, we, it's time to get the family back together. It's time for us, and if you, you feel like, if you've been feeling that, 
like I've been feeling that. Will you give the Lord a praise for that? You've been feeling that. Um, I, th I think this would be good, especially during our days of consecration, that if we are going to move forward, because there are new faces in our congregation, and there are new faces that only show up in the early service, and there are new faces that only show up in the later service, and it's time for us to get to know one another and bring everybody back together. And so that's what's going to be taking place around 1030, starting January 1st will be our first service, and that we'll be announcing that, getting that word out, but uh, we're coming back together in this house. Uh, why? Because if we want to get to a new house, we got to be a unified house. And look, I don't think it's discord. I just think it is lo it is time and location or time that is that has caused disunity in the sense of we got to get to know one another and move together as a forever family if we're going to accomplish things for God. So um, let's let's uh, look at that and and be praying over that. But you know, giving you guys about a if uh, a month's warning that that is coming soon. And so uh, we believe this will, will move us forward for the Lord. Uh, because if you look around you, there's a lot of empty seats. And so uh, it's time for us to, to bring things back together. Somebody said, well, what if we get overcrowded and parking gets bad again? We can always go back to two services. I'm not one of these that's set in stone guys. Uh, I'm going to move the way the Spirit moves. I'm going to move the way the Spirit leads. And I want to do what God wants us to do. Amen. So that's where we're headed at this time. And so uh, you be praying for us. I've, this was not a rash decision, by the way. I've taken about eight months. This has been working on me, and I've been praying over it for a while. But I really feel like to, in order for us to accomplish what we need to, there needs to be a greater unity in our church. So let's dive into this. Jesus said to her, what did I not tell you? So he had told her this previously, evidently. If you believed, everybody kind of underlined that word, you would see the glory of God. In other words, this comes directly out of the story of, of Lazarus' resurrection. And when uh, Mary goes to him and, she, and Jesus says, your brother will live again. And she says, Lord, I do believe he'll, he'll live again in the resurrection at the last day. And he says, he, he looks at her and he says, didn't I tell you? Didn't, you, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I believe with all my heart that we need to see the glory of God. And so we are going to talk about what it means to see or, or to understand the word believe biblically in the Bible. Ebenezer Scrooge is one of my favorite characters from Charles Dickens' A Christmas uh, Carol. Uh, anybody else like that one? Just kind of wave at me. You like A Christmas, the, a Christmas Carol? I don't care what version of that you like. They're all good to me. I like I like the I like the old George C. Scott version of it. I really do. Um, and, and and but I also like the Jim Carrey version of it. All those I really like. I like the meaning behind it. I like it because it's a little bit scary. I like it because it's it, it's a different twist on on on, on uh, Christmas characters. But he is one of my favorite. Scrooge is one of the greatest characters of English literature. He has every uh, he has everything a Charles Dickens character should have, including a recurring catchphrase that exemplifies his whole persona and that catchphrase would be some of y'all know it bah humbug that's all right that's not another tongue that is charles dickens bah humbug if somebody look at somebody and go bah humbug all right all right so <laughs> this is this this character is known by his persona being uh, summed up through that word 
He is a selfish miser, concerned only with his own personal profit, yet he undergoes a glorious Grinch-like transformation through his encounter with Jacob Marley, a former business partner who had passed away, and uh, the three, of course, the three Christmas spirits that visit him. One of my favorite scenes is when Scrooge encounters, with, uh, encounters his deceased business partner, Jacob Marley. On his way home from the office uh, uh, that Christmas Eve, he sees Marley's ghost head showing up everywhere. He sees it uh, on the door knocker of his home. He sees uh, on, on the face of portraits in the hallway. And he dismisses all of this simply with humbug. After looking, uh, locking himself in his bedroom, he experiences a somewhat disquieted evening. He is shocked when he hears the doors throw open and approaching footsteps. It is, it is humbug still. I won't believe is his words as, uh, as enters Jacob Marley into the bedroom where he is at uh, with, uh, in ghostly uh, get up with all the chains and, and all that good stuff that goes with it. But I want you to notice he does not say, I don't believe it but rather the Scrooge says, I won't believe it. This is a very important turning point in the story, and you need to understand there is a difference between I don't believe it and I won't believe it. When I, I, I don't believe it says there's things I doubt. I won't believe it says there may be some truth, but I refuse to listen to the truth. So soon Marley makes his way boldly, so to speak, uh, into the room, chains and all, and, the, and here's the fascinating conversation. Now, we're going somewhere with this. You don't believe in me, observes the ghost to, uh, 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 to the Scrooge. The Scrooge replies, I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses, the ghost says. Scrooge says, I don't know. And, uh, and why do you doubt your senses, the ghost replies. Again, Scrooge is a hard, cold miser who spends his days counting his profits and wishing uh, the world would leave him alone. He doesn't believe in charity, and he is, he is certain that those who, who do are, are lazy bums looking for a handout. Men's courses will foreshadow certain, de uh, certain ends to which it preser preserved in the, that they must leave. Said, the, said Scrooge. But if the courses be departed from, the end will change. Says, uh, say, it will, say it is thus with what you show me. In other words, at the end, the Scrooge is saying, surely my destination is going to be determined by the way I live now, but can I change it? Can I change my destination by changing the way I live? Now, at, the, at, 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 at times in our lives, we need to hit the pause button. There are times in our lives when we need to hit a pause. There are times we have to stop. Maybe life has become too hurried for us, busy and stressful. Maybe we have overcommitted uh, over ourselves or made things more complicated than they have to be. I found a lot of times I complicate things beyond what they need to be. Anybody else out there, you complicate things a little bit more than they need to be. I remember one year we were wanting a Christmas star for our program, and somebody volunteered their husband to build the Christmas star. Well, uh, you know, we kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and the night the program came in, he had built this beautiful, proportionately accurate star of David that was about yay big, and he said, it took me forever to get it right because this was a quarter inch off there, and this was a you know an eighth inch off there, but now I've got exactly what I want, and, and, and I, I, you know, I wasn't going to bring it till it was right. He overcomplicated it. I said, that's beautiful, but if it had been me, I'd have nailed a couple of triangles together, and we'd have went with it. 
All right? The Christmas star. He, he took a little more time. He overcomplicated it. It was beautiful, but he made his life a little bit miserable by doing so. Maybe it's a, it is sickness in our bodies, or maybe it's the gloomy, overcast weather we've had throughout December. Yesterday, it was like, man, can we not even get a break in the weather? Maybe it's getting bogged down in the mud outside of Jim's house and having to have Casey come pull me out. Not once, but twice. Sorry, I'm venting there. It just becomes too much. In other words, this can also apply to our spiritual lives. Maybe we're having trouble balancing home and work. Maybe we're having time balancing times with our spouses. Perhaps we've gotten distracted, apathetic, too rigid, or overzealous. Perhaps we're trying to be super spiritual, and at some point our faith stopped being a blessing and turned into a burden. If we're not careful, we will forget that Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that are heavy and laden down. He says, For, for my yoke is easy and my burden in his life. He's saying, too many of you, you're carrying too heavy a burden. You're carrying too heavy a burden. Maybe our blessing has turned into a great burden. In other words, we have forgotten the joy of our journey. The joy of our journey. I want you just to take a moment, whether you're here with us uh, in person or you're watching tonight, uh, today uh, at home, I want you to take a moment and just close your eyes. And I want you to think of the day that you were saved. I want you to think of the day that Jesus washed your sins away. How many cares did you have at that moment? How many troubles were on your mind at that moment? You forget the joy of your journey if you're not careful. We forget the path that we're on, that it leads to life and life everlasting. We need to get back to the basics, in other words. That is what we are going to do over the next few messages. We are going to get back to some basics. Today we're going to start with a new series focusing on the word believe. Why? Because this is something that, that seems to be uh, evident in a lot, of, uh, a lot this time of year. We see it in a lot of places. We see Believe. One of my family's favorite Christmas movies is the Polar Express. And the key word at the Polar Express is what? Believe. Believe. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk to you about something far greater than a trip to the North Pole. It's something that will carry you way beyond that to everlasting life. Well, on sabbatical a few weeks ago, I, I, I took what I called my journey through the Gospel of John. As I hiked different trails and I spent time alone with God, I journeyed through the Gospel of John. And I began to notice about halfway through a recurring word. This recurring word came over and over again in one form or another, and that was the word believe, belief, or believing. It kept recurring every time I read a few verses in John. As a matter of fact, it was to my amazement I found that it appears over 90 times in some translations. Depending on what translation you read, it appears 90 times in some translations and over 100 times in others. The word believe, belief, or believing. It is interchangeable in the Greek language with the word faith. In other words, uh, belief is used 250 times throughout the, the, the New Testament. The word closely related to faith is emphasized here, or have faith in the Greek is what it means. So the word belief or having faith is mentioned uh, over 500 times throughout the Bible. 
over 500 times. In the Gospel of John, the word, as I said, is shared over 90 times, close to over 100 times. And in some cases, it is used, uh, uh, it is used and it stands out very significantly. As I began to pray and meditate upon these words, I began to think of myself, or to myself, what does it truly mean, the word belief? And what does it mean biblically? Jesus said over and over again, if you're going to see my glory, you'll believe. If you're going to see the power of God, you're going to believe. He over and over again would say either have faith or believe or believe and have faith. These were occurring themes throughout the Gospel of John. In Acts the 16th chapter, and we're going to get back to this word, hold on, but I'm going to share an illustration. In Acts the 16th chapter, verse, um, uh, verses uh, 25 through 28, the Bible says in about, uh, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do, no, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for, uh, called for a light and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And here we go, verse 31. And they said, Believe. Look at somebody and say, Believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of God, or, or the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into uh, his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. There it is again. Belief is the doorway to salvation. You cannot have salvation without believing. You cannot be saved without faith. These words, as I have said, are interchangeable. If you don't believe and have faith, you cannot be saved. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to find hope in Jesus without it. John 6, 47, he said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. And then also in John 3, 16, one of our most favorite verses in Christianity, Christianity says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Throughout the Scripture, we see the same truth. Whether the biblical writers use the word belief or faith, we can see that, that we are saved by trusting in Jesus Christ. Belief is what brings us into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the doorway. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. Without belief, no one will enter into the kingdom of God. Without faith, no man will see the Lord. No man will see God without faith. The Bible's very clear with that. No one can make it without belief and without faith. What does it really mean to believe? If it is so important, we must discover this. We must look at it. Our modern way of defining belief is different from a biblical form. In other words, our modern way of looking at believing is hope or speculation. It means simply, I hope this will happen. In other words, uh, I hope the pastor's done by 12 so we can get to the restaurant before everybody else. All right, you might as well say, what time will the pastor be done? I believe he'll be done about 12. You're hoping. You're hoping. Amen. What time are we going to eat dinner? I believe around 6 o'clock. You're saying, I hope to do it around 6. Come on. 
In other words, in our culture, in our way of thinking, the word believe means hope or speculation. I think it's going to happen. I hope it's going to happen. I believe we'll make it. You're going to be at church tomorrow? I believe we're coming. I hope, I speculate that we're going to be there. Are you following me? This has crept into the way we have formed our theology on what it means to believe. I know God can do all things. Let's look at this. I know God can do all things. If you believe that, give him a praise this morning. Come on. I know God can do all things, and I believe God can do all things. But in reality, what is being said by many, many Christians today is, I know God can do all things, and I hope he'll do it for me. I know God can heal, but I hope he'll heal me. I know God can bring me financial breakthrough, but I hope he'll do it for me. I really hope, believe in the promises of God, but I hope that some of those apply to my life. But the Bible declares that the promises of God are yes and amen. It didn't have anything to do with whether you hope for it or not. It says that all the promises of God I'm entitled to. Why? Because he said, I give them to you through the gift of Jesus. Amen. For it is through him that the promises of God are yes and amen. I wonder if somebody wants to believe this morning. Yes. Amen. But we have exchanged our word for hope instead of what it really means. This is contrary to the teaching of the Bible. Believing or belief or is much deeper than this. In other words, hope is not believing. I want you to look at somebody, get your preacher finger and tell them, hope is not believing. Amen. The Greek word is pistuo, which means to utterly convince, uh, to be convinced of something, to give credence to. This word is translated either believing or faith, or belief or faith. In other words, it's interchangeable in the New Testament text. So we need to understand something this morning. God is looking to all of us and he's saying, if you would only really believe, if you would quit speculating that I'm going to move, if you would quit hoping for revival and start believing in revival, what does that mean? Start believing means I am convinced that my spouse is going to get on fire for God. I am convinced that our marriage is going to be healed. I am convinced that my children are going to be saved. I am convinced that that I have believed in. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that day. I believe my God is going to come through for me. Do you believe this morning? Oh my goodness. Do you believe? It is more than just having a hope. It is being utterly convinced of something to be credence to it. It is being convinced beyond doubt. It is not hoping in the promises of God. It is knowing that the promises of God are for me. And we, are, we must personally accept and appropriate what God says is for us. In other words, when I read in the scripture and it says by his stripes we were healed, I read it a little bit differently than I did when I, before I went on my sabbatical and went up on the mountain. Instead of reading it that way, I read it this way. It is by his stripes that Phil is healed. It is by his stripes. My wife is healed. It is by his strife that God gave promises of healing to his people. Start believing God and you'll see his glory. We must personally accept this as a promise to us. Oh, this is a good one. For God so loved Phil that he gave his only begotten son for Phil. That means if he'd have been, oh my goodness, that means if I'd have been the only one, he died for me. 
Oh, my goodness. If you want to go guessing whether you're there or not, you go right ahead. But I'm persuaded my God died for me on the cross that I may have eternal life. Quit speculating. Quit hoping. Start believing. Amen. Start believing he's your Savior. Praise God. Amen. Wake up call. At least it wasn't a trumpet. There you go. I hope I wouldn't still been preaching. I hope all y'all have seen his, uh, his shoes. I don't know if you take your shoes to heaven or not. I don't know. We have to trust. Mm. Part of believing is trusting. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. Believe in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Are you truly believing? Or are you just speculating that God's going to do something for you? Are you just speculating God's going to bring revival to Chattooga County? Or, oh, my goodness, I believe it. If I didn't believe it, I'd be long gone. To believe is to be convinced that we trust in Christ for all that He did for us. That all the promises. See, I, I, too many of us, we think God is just sitting there being playing some little pawn game with us. Well, you get it, you don't. You get it, you get it, you don't. You get it, but you don't. I'm going to heal you, but you don't get no healing. I'm going to move in you. Guess what? In other words, I died for everybody. I had somebody come to me once and they said, you don't understand. I've done too much. I've went through too much. I've, I've faced too much. I can't be saved. And I said, so, so I've got to go and rewrite the scripture for you because you're not part of the world. For God so loved the world except for, and I put their name there. I said, there is no exception clause in that scripture. He died for all of lost humanity, that whosoever believes in him, he did it for me. I like that old song, while, while he was on the cross, what? I was on his mind. Oh, my goodness. I was on his mind. I was in his thoughts. 2,000 years ago, he fast forward, and you know what? And so he says, oh, well. You just don't understand, Pastor. I don't, I, I, I'm not like the apostles. The apostles believed. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. My goodness, Jesus had to stick around a, a long time after his resurrection just because they still didn't get it. They still doubted. One of them looked and they said, but he's alive. And he said, I won't believe it unless I touch the nail prints in his hands. And unless I put my, uh, put my hand in his side, I'll not believe it. And then, what? I believe, help my unbelief. It's what, what the centurion said to Jesus. He says, yeah, I can do all things. He says, I believe you. But I really don't. I'm hoping you can, but I really don't think it's for me. What would happen if we start being convinced that God did it for us? What would happen when we pray for the sick? We quit saying, Lord, we're hoping you can do this. No, we don't say it, do we? We say, Lord, we believe it. God says, do you? Do you? Because if you truly believe, you'll see the glory of God. If you truly believe, you'll see the manifestations of the Spirit. Do you believe? Well, that's just not. I love it for certain people when it gets to the gifts of the Spirit. That's just not for today. That's just not for today. Show me where it says it's not for you. Well, I want all of God I can get. I don't know about you. 
With this in mind, we have to put away all our other definitions. In other words, believing is not proved by my attending church regularly. My believing should be shored up by my attending church regularly. Giving money to the church or to other people who, in, who are in need does not represent my belief. What it represents is that I'm a good person and I want to be charitable. The Grinch was charitable after he got scared. In other words, we got to quit believing that we get enough in the good tank, then God's going to come through for me. You know what I'm saying? I get enough good on my side, enough leverage with God. Lord, I have been at least three out of four Sundays this month. I have paid my time. I've given. And Lord, I think, God, you could probably do this for me because, Lord, you know what? You got to get that out of your head because I've seen God bless me even when I didn't deserve it. I've seen God do things for me even when my good tank was empty. My bad tank was pretty full. Amen? Come on. Anybody else in this room ever have God do something for them? Oh, my goodness. And maybe you wasn't doing exactly like you should have been doing at the time. But he came through anyway. Why? Because it's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with him. And he is not a liar. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. If he promised it, he promised it. And it ain't got nothing to do with you. It has to do with the God that you serve. Praying, fasting, reading one's Bible does not make you a, 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 a good Christian. As a matter of fact, don't even make you a Christian. Being baptized does not make you a Christian because if you aren't saved, you're just a wet sinner. Saying a prayer or even volunteering at church does not make you a Christian. All these things are good and should flow out of the Christian life. But even <laughs> trying to be a good person does not make one a Christian. For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all sinned against God in many ways, and this, this, this sin separates us from God, according to Isaiah 59 and 2. We are all deserving of death and condemnation, according to Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. In other words, the only way a person uh, could ever earn salvation is if they did not commit any sins for their entire life. Are there any, is there anybody in the room that has never, ever, 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 ever committed a sin in their entire life? Not anybody? Because I got news for you, and I get a lot of frowns when I say this. Even if you were holding an innocent newborn baby, they still have sin because they were born into it. There was only one born, and we're fixing to celebrate that this Christmas season. It was God made flesh. He didn't have an earthly father like some hypocritical lying theologians are teaching in seminaries today. He didn't have an earthly father. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was God made flesh and dwelt among us. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was heaven come to earth in the form of man. He lived a sinless life. I'm going to say it again. He lived a sinless life for 33 years and then he died on an old rugged cross. He stayed in the grave three days. He came out on the third day victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That is the only sinless man that has ever been on planet earth. But I want you to know today, because of him, I stand with my sins washed away. How about you? Through the blood of Jesus. 
And how do I know that? I don't hope for it. I don't speculate. I know that I know I'm saved because Jesus promised if I would believe, I would have eternal life. Amen. The only way one can become a Christian is by fully trusting in Jesus. As one turns from their sin and believes in God, their sins are forgiven. and They are made right with God. But I'm good. Your good is not good enough. I'm kind. Your kindness is not kind enough. I'm respectful. Your respect is not respectful enough. It will all fall short or miss the mark. I got news for you. Where I missed the mark, Jesus hit the bullseye. And all I have to say is the promises of God are yes and amen. The word amen translates so be it. God has promised things to his children. Well, I'm not seeing the promises. Maybe that's because you're speculating and hoping you'll get I hope it'll happen. I, I hope. I got news for you. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Holy Spirit. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says all you have to do is believe and the gift of God is for you and receive. Amen? Christmas is about hoping. It really is. Amen? Anybody got a Christmas list? You checked it twice? Threw it at Mama and prayed over it nice? I don't know. I'm trying to make a poll. <laughs> what would happen if we just threw our list away for God? said, you know what, God, you're not my spiritual Santa Claus. You're my father. So I'm going to just throw the list away, and I'm going to believe that all the promises written in this book are for me. You ever personalize scripture? You need to. When I get to certain promises, I'll stop. Let me tell you something unique, and I know, I know it was the camera. I know that camera plays funny things in light, but it's, it's the occurrence of when it happened. I was coming off the mountain right after the Lord had dealt with me on this particular scripture because I was praying for some things in my family. I was praying for things in my life and in my church. I was praying for our forever family. And that's when the Lord hit me. Do you believe? I'm like, yeah, Lord, I believe. He said, no, you don't. You speculate and you hope. You need to believe. If you're going to see me move in 20, the rest of 2022 and 2023 and on, we must become a church that believes. Because speculation is doubt. Amen? Hoping means that I have doubt. And I was taking a picture because I, I got overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit walking down the trail. And I kept hearing the Spirit say in my mind and in my heart, I am with you. And I knew He was with me. He's always with us. But you know what I'm talking about? It was just that overwhelming. I felt His presence. I'm with you. What I'm trying to show you in my word is me, not you, just finding some little clever thought. I'm telling you, if you believe... You're going to see the glory of God. 
And man, I was overwhelmed, and I took a picture at that moment. I went back that evening, and I was looking back at my pictures. And again, I'm not just super spiritualizing everything, but I'm going to tell you what was in that picture. The light had caught just right through the trees, and it formed a rainbow in that picture. Well, I got news for you. I don't care what the world does with the rainbow. My God says the rainbow is the sign of promise. And I'm telling you, His promises are yes and amen for us, church, if we will believe. Well, I just hope, I just hope my children will make it to heaven. Quit hoping for it. Start believing they will. Now, that doesn't take away their choice. They still got choice. I'm not going to pray for them with that tinge of doubt. I'm going to start believing. Tina's got some chronic things that have gone on in her, and she's battling a little something right now, and something else happened that we've been praying over for a while. And I sent her a message and said, I am believing God is going to touch. She got home that evening. She said, I hadn't had no trouble in this area. See, what she don't understand is I threw speculation out the door. And I started calling God and saying, hey, wait a minute. Doesn't your word say? In the promises you made, yes and amen, I believe every word that you said and you said you would heal us. As a matter of fact, 2,000 years ago, you didn't just say you would heal us. You said, by your stripes, we were healed. As a matter of fact, that was written way before it was quoted in the New Testament. It was written by a man named Isaiah uh, several hundred years before Jesus would ever come on the scene. He looked through time and he saw the suffering servant, which would be Jesus, the Son of God. And he said, I saw the stripes put up upon him and it says by his stripes he didn't say we might be we hope to be we were wow he was talking in past tense about something that hadn't even happened yet why because the vision was so real of what he was beholding he claimed it for them he said by his stripes we were healed Will you stand? I did tell the Lord this would have been helpful before I preached about miracles. But I want you to think for a moment. And this this challenge is going to come. It's going to come with a level of difficulty. But I will not try to lead you where I haven't walked. I I just can't do that. But I'm going to be open and transparent with you that I did not truly understand biblical belief. And I'm still struggling to, to grab hold of it. But I'm going to get there by faith. Amen. I'm going to get there. And maybe you already have this understanding. And if you do, praise the Lord. You pray for, for me. But maybe you're like me in this morning. You're realizing I've been hoping and speculating for God to move in my family, thinking, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. I know he can, but will he? Now, what you get confused with is we want to tell God how to do it. I want him to heal me, but I don't want to have to go see a doctor. Okay, he may use, he may use medicine to do that. 
you know what? I'm going to give God the glory anyway because that doctor wouldn't have the knowledge to know how to give or, or scientists wouldn't have known how to invent that medicine without God. God gives all knowledge, so it all goes back to Him anyway. But sometimes, I shared with you before, somebody needing a financial breakthrough, and they asked me to pray for them. I was praying for them, and then they got put on overtime, and then they fussed about having to work overtime. We want to fuss with the methods which God uses. But how many is just to the place where, you know what, I just want to start believing. Quit worrying about the method. Leave that up to God. In other words, two men in the Bible healed. You read their stories. One is really great. Jesus looks at one blind man and he speaks the word and the man's healed. That's awesome, Clay. But then the other guy, he spits in the dirt and makes mud. That grosses me out. And rubs it in his eyes. Says, go wash. I've said it multiple times, but I'll say it again. I don't think they're standing around in heaven arguing about how they were healed. And I don't think the one that had mud rubbed in his eyes has got a grudge against Jesus. You hear me this morning? I don't believe that for one moment. But I'll tell you what I do believe. I believe all they know is they were once blind, Lynn, but now they can see. So quit worrying about the method and start believing because I'm going to tell you, I'm to the point, I don't care how God starts revival, I just want God to start revival. I don't care where God starts revival, I just want God to start revival. I rejoice when I see God blessing other churches. Don't get jealous. Don't let that spirit creep on you. Rejoice with them. Why? Because if it's really revival, it will spread through every church. It will spread through every church. Many, I'm going to ask you not to do some pictures right now while we're giving the altar call, okay? But if you're like me and you're speculating, but you, you're saying, you know what? I need to start believing. I need to start believing God for my family. I need to start believing God for my marriage. I need to start believing God is going to work in my body, in my mind, my spirit. Then I'm going to ask you to come. To come. And say, God, today I'm trading in speculation. And I'm trading in hope. And I'm going to start believing. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.